And welcome to the Fantasy Hockey Hacks Hangout here on Edmonton Sports Talk. In true Hacks fashion, we start the evening with technical difficulties. I think just about everybody had one difficulty or another, so we're off to a great start this evening. So, I'm your host. Yeah, we're all good. We can hear you. We're good. I'm blaming John. It's all yeah, John. It's, it's all probably John. me. My bad. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> so we are live here tonight on edmontonsportstalk.com and on our youtube channel youtube.com slash heavy hockey tonight joining us we have got john ends from you're still working at a marquis house uh yes just for the foreseeable future for now but that'll be changing again but oh well all good no fire alarms this week better not be <laughs> All right, and joining us from his home, Mr. Evan Debert. Welcome, Evan. Hey, Bruce. How are you? Good. I think now that we got the technical difficulties out of the way, we can actually start doing the show. Oh boy! So we got our regular formatted show for you this evening. We're going to talk a little bit about the Oilers and around the league. We have a trade to talk about tonight too, and we've got hot or not. So, do we want to take? Maybe we should. Uh, uh, you guys want to talk about the trade first? Then we can jump into the oiler stuff. Yeah, I think that's the the hot topic for the day here today. So, what we had here earlier this evening is the Calgary Flames traded center Elias Lindholm to the Vancouver Canucks for Andre Kuzmenko, Hunter Brzezinski's. I don't know how to pronounce that. Hunter B. Brustovich. Brustovich. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Joni Germo. Ger- Germo. Joni Germo. Flames fans are going to butcher me for this one. <laughs> I, can't I, I tried practicing the names before we came on air, and I, yeah, I, that wasn't good. <laughs> uh, and then uh, 2024 first round pick and a conditional 2024 fourth round pick, although I do not know what the conditions are. I didn't see them posted anywhere. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's an interesting one because that might be tied to the success that they have in the playoffs here. But, uh, kind of what I'm thinking too. I'm sure if it it'll probably come out here in the next uh, next day or two. Regardless, we're we're not going to anoint a winner or a loser of that trade here today. But um, but yeah, it's surprising that the Flames moved Lindholm this early and not trying to squeeze out every every last little bit they could get in return for him. Yeah, and in division too. Like that's like we're talking rivals here almost. Like it's. Well, definitely rivals. I I know, like outside of the Oilers, the Flames fans hate it's, the Canucks. Not number Canucks two are next on the list, right? Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, surprising to move them. I'm really surprised that they took Andre Kuzmenko back in this deal. Um, you know, they they shedded some sal. Well, they didn't even shed any salary in this trade. Um, Brustevich Brustevich is a great defenseman. He's very smooth. Um, Sees the ice well, great playmaker. Uh, I like him. He's third in scoring in the OHL as a defenseman this year in his draft plus one. And nice. so I like that piece for the Flames. Uh, he has a few things to work on, but I, I, I've been a fan of his for a, a well over a year now. Uh, Yoni Yermo, not familiar too much. I heard he had some good draft capital when when they drafted him, and but uh, he hasn't progressed much. But late first, so... So it's uh, the Kuzmenko part is the interesting one for the Flames, yeah. I think. What, what do you guys think? 
I took a look at uh, at Joni's stats here just before we came on. He's 6'5", 210-plus pounds defenseman. Okay. He's 21 years old. He's playing over in Europe. It looks like he's playing over in Europe right now. Yeah. Like, that's – yikes. Like, he's big. <laughs> but that's that's what's trending now in the NHL, big defenseman that can move. And they obviously liked him for a reason. Yeah, for – you know, it's – the Canucks had to give something in it. So for them to not give um, Will Ander, uh, LeCarry Mackey, like any of their upper echelon, even Pod Colzig. Um, so Hunter would have been, you know, third, fourth on their depth chart for for uh, their prospects. So, so, yeah, it's to attach that to a first. I think the Flames could have held out and maybe got a little better deal, but um, especially taken – Kuzmenko, but I have a feeling that the Flames are going to try to, you know, do a little Sharon Govich magic with Kuzmenko and pair him up with Huberto and and maybe see where that goes. They might be trying to look for some chemistry because I know the Flames definitely need some goal scoring. So yeah, well, can't be any worse, right? Then like you you lose Lindholm at center, but you've got Kadri and Backlund, and heck, if uh. They can set it up so that Huberto was feeding Kuzmenko the puck and he's putting it in the net. That's exactly what they could what they're looking for, right? Yeah, if it works. Hopefully. It works. <laughs> are, are they just gonna try reclamation projects with Huberto for the next seven years or oh yeah, because his they don't I don't think they can trade him. Not at his not at his oh, uh, cap head. No. No, they're they're uh they they hitched their wagon to him, and you know he's he's been good since the new year. For yeah. he's been point per game pretty much since the new year. So so it hasn't been that. This the Flames have been really inconsistent, and not great. So they're falling out. I think we'll see them ship all their UFAs at this point. Was uh. Was Lindholm sitting with was Sharon Govich and Lindholm on the same line, or are they they've been moving them around? Do you remember? Sorry, I was just adjusting my uh, my headset. What would oh. you say there, Bruce? I was just wondering if uh, with the like now that uh, Lindholm is gone, was Lindholm on the same line as uh, Sharon Govich, and uh, I don't know who else would have been on that on that line. I'm not sure. I haven't caught a Flames game in a little while here. But, um, but yeah, and, you know, the thing with Lindholm is he's not having uh, the greatest season this year. So it's he's definitely fallen back from his, you know, his, his 80, 90-point season he had with Kachuk and, and Johnny Goudreau. But uh, so – so yeah, we'll see. And I don't see in Vancouver he's going to be having much better forwards unless they break up that lotto line. Yeah, they've got well, there's all kinds of speculation where everyone's going to slot in everywhere and and that. So I just when I saw the, I think Ryan posted it in the group chat about him getting traded, and he looked, yeah, it's like hey, well they moved Kuzmenko because well one Kuzmenko just wasn't fitting into uh wasn't fitting into the plan there. He's kind of a a floater, and that uh, that doesn't sit well on on Tockett's team. So, yeah, and then I think it's more to make the money work, right? So, Kuzmenko's cap hit is slightly bigger than uh, 
than Lindholm is right now. So I think Vancouver actually freed up a little bit of additional cap space too because of it. Yeah, it was definitely to make the money work, I'd say for sure. Um, and Kuzmenko still has, I, I don't think he has much value, but he still has potential. And so he could he could bounce back to, and just give him a better chance, a fresh start, different system. So, all too, and we will see. Yeah, the teams were beating Vancouver's door down to see if they would be willing to trade Kuzmenko. I probably a lot of lowball offers, but. I'm willing to bet too that Calgary may get offers for them too to flip them for something else. So that might be something they might keep in mind too. But they do need goal scoring, and he definitely can do that. So yeah, he definitely can. Um, you know, his unsustainable shooting percentage last season. So you can you could chalk last season up to that. Um, but like I said, it's a fresh start. I don't know how much you're going to be able to flip Kuzmenko this season just because he carries that $6 million cap hit next season. But coming into next year, if the Flames are still in their retool, rebuild mode, and they could eat half that contract at the deadline, you might find some suitors if he is able to bounce back. Oh, for sure. John, what do you think? Um, Yeah, no, just same sentiments. Calgary needs some scoring and, uh, uh Kuzmenko can definitely bring it um so that's definitely something to keep an eye on yeah the the six mil cap hit for next year does kind of waver things a little bit but yeah you never know someone might come knocking too Kuzmenko's just hoping he doesn't have to forward check like Tockett wanted him to do in Vancouver (laughs) Uh, yeah it's just he was just—he was a sacrificial lamb there, and just just wasn't working. I don't think the Flames, or the, not the Flames, the Canucks were a fan of his choice of off-season training when he was doing it in Bali in the summer. Nice, um, I, yeah. I approve. Okay. Yeah, I think that's okay. fantastic. If you're a professional athlete in your mid twenties, could think of worse <laughs> places to spend the off-season. Exactly, so, you could be in Siberia yeah. instead. Like, yeah, exactly. So. Bali's um, a great place to train. Yeah, I, 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 I'm with you, John. Though I don't get the six mil carrying it over to next year. Um, they're actually doing the Canucks a favor with this by taking that on because straight up, uh, late first, very late first, uh, their third or fourth best prospect and some other throw-ins is. Is about the value, so they so they took on Kuzmenko's contract for free. So they must they they must be desperate. It kind of it's kind of similar to the Toffoli trade, where they brought on Sharon Govich um, with that, and everyone was just kind of like, well, you know, we're trying to get younger, and and it was like a 24, 25 year old player, but that's turned out. So maybe maybe they're trusting their pro scouts. Seeing, seeing what they can do with creating some, like we said, goal scoring and some chemistry. Oh yeah, they definitely need goal scoring. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah. But, you got to oh, think too. If they traded Lindholm, more it's more coming. Yeah. Yeah. But, ah, whatever. Flames. Flames are in this like tailspin where they can't pick a direction. It's. It, it's it's frustrating as an I'm not a Flames fan like diehard. I live in the city in Calgary here, and so it's frustrating to just see them 
miss opportunities for a rebuild. Like when, when Johnny and Kachuk wanted out, it was obvious that was the time to rebuild, but their ownership or management or whoever didn't want to do it. And now they're just going to continuously pay the piper, but they need to move out Hannafin and Tanev now. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, they would, they would have in the trade not signed or I guess going into the year last year, I guess not signed Huberto and Uyghur and decided to trade them as opposed to that. They would have got probably lots for both. Oh, I've, I've gone on this rant many a times. They, they could have walked away with um, like five or six firsts, uh, a bunch of prospects. If they would have traded Huberto and ate some of his contract, you wouldn't even really have to Uyghur, Hannafin, Tanev, Lindholm, even Backland. Just ship out. You just do a total rebuild. You got a new arena coming. You plan to be good for then. Because um, and and I get it. You're blowing up the whole team. It's not. It's not a likely scenario. But you, you're not going anywhere with this core, yeah. and you're losing your two best players. And so it's just like the time was then. But, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah weaker direction, and now they're just doing it two years later or trying to. Mm-hmm. Weaker's been better this year, but Huberto is still, like you said, he's been better since Christmas, but it's still not not worth ten and a half million. Well, it's 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 not necessarily what they're worth. Is like what what else was around them for the the team to do well? So it was. You know, you could bring in a couple good players like Huberto and Uyghur, but you just don't have the surrounding team. And they tried, you know, signing Kadri. Uh, they thought Lindholm was a bit more of a important ingredient to that top line in Calgary. Yeah. But since then, he's fallen off big time and points-wise. So, yeah. yeah. But, hey, Canucks looking good. Um Good oh, yeah. trade for them. And that's a no-brainer for sure, especially swapping out cap for Kuzmenko for Lindholm. And yeah, yeah, that's they're they're gonna they're the team to beat in the West right now. As well, outside of you guys. You guys <laughs> That's a I great segue. <laughs> I hope you meet like in the that. division final. Yeah. Oilers, Oilers Canucks division final. That'd be nice. Be very nice. So let's let's transition into that. So that was a great great segue. So sixteen game winning streak. So Oilers are taking the Oiler fan base is taking lots of flack over this. It's like all oh, they're playing all the weak teams. I'm like okay, but they're beating them. That's what they're supposed to be doing, isn't that all this is supposed to work? Like yeah, okay, maybe they're not all top tier teams, but you're supposed to beat the teams that are below you in the standings and they're doing that and they've done it 16 times in a row. It's, I don't know. It's that's the way it should be. Exactly. Right. I, I don't want everyone's just jealous that we can actually do it now for for once, as opposed to taking our normally scheduled losses against Chicago and Columbus. We actually beat them. That's uh, do you guys ever bet on hockey? No, I, would lose my house if I did that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. how, how about you, John? No, no, um, no. I'm, I'm too cheap to bet on anything. <laughs> I like to play crazy parlays 
I'll do like one dollar and pick like a, a a lot of games in a night and like twelve games and one dollar can turn into a thousand bucks or something. And uh, it is so hard in this league to pick winners. Like, oh yeah, it, it doesn't matter who you're playing night in night out. Like, who cares if half the more than half the teams aren't playoff teams for this winning streak? It's the, the league is so close on any given night. You could get goalied. Um, you could, you know, have a tough travel schedule. Your goalie could have an off night. And so uh, I don't I don't look at the schedule because everyone's had easy stretches over the time. It's remarkable. You guys are on a 16-game winning streak. Winning streak. Like not even undefeated or regulation, you know, whatever. They haven't lost in regulation in 16 games. So – so, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Um, all the credit at this point, you know, you got, it's perfect that you got Vegas, this, the reigning Stanley Cup champ, to tie the record. And then yep. after that, see how far it goes. I think Ryan and I, in our last episode, we were trying to nail down when we think they might lose. And we had it till, if they get past Vegas, till Dallas, which is like 21 games. So Oh, wow. Because you got you got the Ducks, um, I think you have the Ducks, Kings, Vegas, then Detroit, someone else, and then you got Dallas. So it's yeah, hop on, enjoy the ride. And and the interesting thing is that um, you're not you're not being driven by McDavid and Drysital necessarily. Like it's been a group effort. That's the nice part of all of it is seeing the secondary, like it not being McDavid and Drysaddle. You look at, I think Hyman leads the team in is it in goals or is it points too? I can't remember. It's goals because yeah, no McDavid's got more points, but Hyman leads in goals. You've got Fogel, you've got McLeod. That's like the only one that really isn't doing anything is Evander Kane. <laughs> yeah, but he's kind of yeah. he's kind of. Well, he's back on this. I think he's back on the second line now, but he was on the third line for a while with. They just don't, I don't know what they don't, don't think they know what to do with him right now. Yeah, he's back on the second line. With Kane, he's shown that he's a gamer in the playoffs for you guys. So, so you can kind of rest on that and the fact that you're winning and you don't have all your horses producing, which is great. Um, And, He's probably being paid accordingly too versus the yeah. cap. Like if he was a seven million dollar player and and having this kind of slump, you'd be a little bit of like, oh god, that cap could be used better elsewhere, like another Connor Brown bonus or something like that. But <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, but yeah, no, it's it's nice. It's nice to nice to watch and and Hyman has. I think he probably leads the league in goals taken away or called back too. I'm season. pretty sure he has that one, lead on that one by a very wide. Yeah. yeah. So that happens when you go hard to the net. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But what, what a season he's having of, of everything that Kenny Holland gets called out on. Um, what a great contract that one was. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Do, do you think some of the flack from that uh, Oilers winning streak is just from how they started the year? being so terrible and then all of a sudden they get this winning streak and everyone's like oh now they're playing weak teams uh, maybe I, I haven't heard the flack i don't know i'm not i'm not in the the boiler room like you guys are with the oilers and 
and living and and uh and eating and breathing it so so guys are kind of saying it's like oh it's like not almost not as legitimate yeah well the the oilers first half of the season i think schedule wise was was one of the easiest i think if i, if I remember correctly and their second half is one of the toughest oh, okay yeah. if i remember correctly so whatever well, we'll see what happens right it's just take it one game at a time and I'm sure that's what they're going to do. They're not going to look too far ahead. They'll be happy to wear, happy there, bank some points, and oh, keep sure. playing. Well, as Oilers fans, you should be used to people saying, "Yeah, but you had the greatest <laughs> player ever." And you're like, oh, "Okay, yeah, so what? Yeah, so we did. Then we got yeah. him again. We got part two. So, yeah. mm-hmm. well, I think the nice part about this season, at least this is, like we had mentioned earlier, is. McDavid doesn't have to play lights out. Drysaddle doesn't have to play lights out every night. And this team is still winning. Still winning and stymieing the opposition. So they actually play defense system, for a change. Yeah, this new system that Knobloch's got going on. Um, did you guys see on Chicklets where Whitney read a text from... Um, is it Stoffer? Stoffer, who's your beat guy? Your beat reporter? Yeah, uh, uh, there's a couple. There's Rashad and uh, no, uh, Rashad. what's the other guy's name? Stafford? Stafford? Ah, I forget. Anyway, so he's talking the color about... guy on Oilers TV. Or Oilers okay, TV. it was from him, actually, yeah. Uh, so he was talking about Knobloch's system, how he coached the zone previously and everything yeah. like that. And um, and and with that, with Coffee, you know, challenging his defensemen to not be, you know, afraid to make mistakes, too. Yeah. And so it's... Yeah, it's worked, and your your guys' system has looked fantastic. And you're shutting down the opposing team, not giving up leads. So, so there, there's a lot going on there. It's not like you guys are fluking out with all these late comebacks and things like that, like Florida was doing a couple of years ago when they won the Presidents Trophy, where they would just, you know, be down three goals and come back and win six five seven five. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, it it all bodes well for the future and. Boy, what a turn of events for, for Oilers fans. Wow. Yes, they're all very happy. Yeah, and then the Oilers get to get a head start on a trade deadline. Or one last thing they have to do with trade deadline. They signed Corey Perry here through the rest of the season. The player that most Oilers fans hate the most is now part of the team. And made quite the impression in his first game. I still don't like it. John still doesn't like it. Still don't like it. What don't you like about it, John? I just don't like Corey Perry at all. Oh yeah, I've well, hated him since the start. See, that's that's yeah. the that's the thing, though. That is the player you hate to play against, but you love to have on your team because you don't have to go up against that every night now. But the other teams have to, and that's that was the part about Perry's game that I like. That's what I thought the Oilers were missing in the playoffs: someone that was is willing to do what Perry will do. I think this will be a big help for them. Yeah, I, I, I agree. That's the, that that is a nice piece for that third line. Um, and so, so yeah, and I don't know. You guys probably aren't done shopping around. I would think this is most likely the year that you, you know, offer up that first and Burgo and oh yeah, go make a run. Yeah. 
if they can have a good second half of the season here, get into the playoffs, it, yeah, it's it's time to push. It's time to push the chips in and go for it. Yeah, that's fun. Just go for it. Just screw it for it. Yeah, go it's, to the Tampa Bay Lightning method. The draft pick isn't going to help me in this year and next next year. Just target it and get someone that can help you and go for it. It's you know they're not far off from Tampa having like having a similar window. Um, their players are a little younger, but but with they don't have the contracts locked in, so that's that's going to get pricey for them here soon yeah. with Drysdale and McDavid. But and Bouchard, yeah, it's it totally Tampa's totally mortgaged the future. They know it's going to be a rough three four years after yeah. once um, once once Hedman really takes a step back and um, Vasilevsky. Um, Kucherov, I don't know. He could keep going forever. That guy is wicked. But, uh, yeah, I, I say I say you just got to do it. You got to go for it. I've been saying that for a while now. Mm. Just either go for it or tear it down. Pick one, one or the other. <laughs> do it or don't. The problem do is it. the prospects don't take leaps. They don't They don't no. progress. That's, that's the problem. They don't have a ton of value. I mean, a guy like Broberg just, you know, just couldn't put it together. Right. Oh, I guess drafting comes into part of that too. Like the Oilers, you look at some of the other players in the drafts that the Oilers passed on and that, or whiffed on as a lot. See, Oof. and it's maybe that has something to do with it too. Yeah, if it's if yeah, scouting staff for sure. They've they've missed on some picks. Um, or they just rush guys up, or who knows? That's not often we've been extremely thrilled after draft night. <laughs> it's very, very, very true. Or or traded. Uh, oh, it looks like we're going to break. All right, I'll catch everyone after the break. And welcome back here to the Hacks Hangout here on Edmonton Sports Talk. We are uh, chatting about the Edmonton Oilers and the uh, draft strategies as per se. Uh, have one or didn't have one? We're not entirely sure. 
they, they think they had one, but we're we're not entirely sure they did. But I don't know. All you can do is work with what they what they gave you, right? Basically, nobody's really sure how that went. No, it's... all those drafts recently, lately. Well, yeah. you've been drafting in the mid part of the first round, so it's it's not the easiest part to draft, but you think you would snag on one of them. You know, like hopefully um, Holloway can pan out here. He's got all the tools to be a great player, and it's just finding some chemistry on in that top six. So, and then Burgo, we'll see. We'll see when, when he gets a chance, but I think he's going to be included in a trade here. And, a first and Burgo for for something substantial this year at the deadline. You'd probably want term if you're the Oilers, just because and if you're gonna get a defenseman, you want a defenseman with term, not that there's much available, just because you guys are so gonna be so tight it gets a cap next year. Yeah, because we got Connor Brown's uh bonuses yeah. uh gonna kick in here and yeah. A few other, other things. Enjoy the ride right now. Absolutely. Yeah, 16-game win streak. Have some fun. And, yeah, the nice part about once you're in, like, this zone, it's like you want to break the record. You want to do as well as possible. When they lose, you can kind of look back and be like, oh, that, that was pretty sweet. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Let's uh, move on to here around the league. So, but a few a few discussion points here tonight. The first one I wanted to touch on was uh, Philip Heedle of the New York Rangers. He used to miss the rest of the season with an upper body injury. Uh, it is thought to be a concussion. He had recently returned from his uh, home overseas in Europe where he was recovering. Uh, he was on the ice here and an optional skate. Him and a couple of other players uh, this past Friday, and he had a setback and had to be helped off the ice. Like, oh my goodness, like... I, uh, I've never been officially been diagnosed with one, but uh, yikes, like that's like just skating on the ice and having something happen to you. That's ouch. Like, Yeah, and I think this is his fourth concussion, I believe I was reading. And so, oh, so wow. it does, does not bode well um, for him. Uh, one of the Rangers beat reporters said today that it could – you know, it's hard to say with concussions, but it's yeah. it, it could be career-threatening, wow. um, the point where he's at. Well, he's, he's missed most of the season yeah. with it he's... and and having a setback just from skating on the ice and calling it on the season. So, yeah, that's, that's rough. Uh, as a Colorado fan with Bowen Byram and his concussion issues that he's yeah. gone through as well, it's hard to see a young player with so much potential and you know, like Hedl, uh, and he, and he's such an integral piece of the Rangers kind of, you know, being such a well-rounded top nine there playing with on the kid line and doing well with Lafreniere and, uh, Kako, um, you know, who knows what, how things would have meshed this year, just cause Lafreniere is playing, having a better season. Kako's not, uh, but, but yeah, rough rough blow for the Rangers because he's he's a very skilled offensive player and he can put up some offense for them. So yeah, it's hopefully he's able to bounce back over the summer here. And yeah, concussions, man. 
They're rough. Yeah, once once you start getting up in that number, it's it makes it real tough on a player. Well, it's that, and it becomes a lot easier to get concussions too, which is yeah. which is the hard part. So, it's like once um, you see it with uh, MMA fighters all the time. It's like once once the chin has been damaged and and they get knocked out, it's they're a lot more susceptible to it. So, so yeah, tough break for the Rangers and Heedle, and but they'll just go and spend at the deadline and try to load up again. Yeah, absolutely. Next thing you had on the list here, and uh, we're we're gonna beat the horse while it's down because while it's fun, Ellie uh, King still can't buy a win. <laughs> they lost to the Blues the other night on Sunday in overtime. Uh, they've only had two wins in January. They did manage to get five loser points, so I guess that is a bonus. That could be why McClellan still has a job. Is that they uh, won two games, <laughs> sort 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 of won five other ones, so it's. They got a point, but and uh, I saw here for their game. I don't uh, didn't see how they were doing tonight, but I see uh, Riddich is in net again tonight for the for the Kings. So they're uh, they're gonna ride. Uh, oh, they did win. They beat Nashville four to two. Yeah, Riddich had a, had a good game there. He had uh, what's it, thirty nine saves, two goals against. There you go. So. Uh, if Riddich keeps playing like that, uh, he could supplant Talbot here, much to Devin's chagrin. That's wild. But yeah, yeah they, he's got a five-one and three record with the Kings. David Riddich, huh? Yeah. Uh, Who would have thought, right? Big save, big save, Dave. Yeah. Uh, Alex Turcott put up a goal and assist too. So, what's that, sorry? Alex Turcott. Oh, is he playing now? Yeah, he uh, is playing today. Goal and assist. Was that his nice. first game? Was his first I game? I believe so. Or no, maybe a second. I've... Might be second. Yeah, yeah, second. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. He's had a tough road to get up to the pros too. For being yeah. a, he was a fifth overall pick or something. Went right behind Byram in that draft. Well, yeah, with the uh, Flyers or Flyers, that's the next one on the list. With the Kings' forward depth, it's pretty hard to make a. To get in there, right? And since they traded away a whole bunch here for uh, Dubai, and they're struggling, so he gets a chance. It's good to see. Yeah, but they have to try something when when you're when you have such a you have a team that's like built to win now, and you're not winning. That's so hard. And then you know, new acquisitions are not performing, like Dubois and Kopitar had a great start to the year, and he's starting to slowly tail off as well, and. He's not exactly so, a spring chicken anymore. He's 36. Who's that? Kopitar's 36, so he's not exactly a spring chicken. So they're. Yeah. They might, but I think they were hoping that Dubois would take up some of the slack, and that just hasn't happened yet. No. Gosh, they, no. Um, yeah, that he was the heir apparent to Kopitar, kind of, you know, maybe him taking a second-line role and Dubois taking top line. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, not not this year. And so no. they, they have to figure something else out to get him get him going because you can't have an $8.5 million third-line player like that. No, definitely not. They had uh, 
according to what I see here, Turcotte was fourth line center tonight. So <laughs> for a goal and an assist from the fourth line center, that's uh that's darn good. Yeah. Very, very good. All right. Uh, we'll go from one uh, team that's trying to dig themselves out of a hole to another one that's uh seems to be falling into a hole, and that's the Philadelphia Flyers. They've lost five in a row now. Has the early season magic worn off, and are we seeing the team that they really are? Uh, since Carter Hart is away from the team now, Urson's stats over the last five games are 1-4, 3.73 in goals against, and an 841 save percentage. And they are just barely hanging on to third place in the Metro. Yeah, they're not going to hold that. I don't think. Yeah, I, I have to agree. It's... um. Oh, what a gut punch it's been for the Flyer fans for the last while here. You know, like a couple of years in a row where they're so bad. Um, and then they, you know, somehow managed to not get a super high draft pick. And then uh, luckily they're able to draft Mitchkov, which will be nice for them in a few years' time. Then you got the Petter Gauthier uh, refusing to play there, asking to be traded. Now Carter Hart, he's done. Um, and they have a rookie goalie who's just not ready for that kind of limelight and pressure. And, and that is pressure. I, I think they're they're the worst team off with this Team Canada thing, I think, obviously. Carter Hart's the best player of the, the, the five players that are facing criminal charges there. So, yeah. yeah, it's been a rough ride for them. But I think they're overachieving this year. So this might actually do them well to get closer to where they should have been and get a better draft pick. Because no, I think they still need to build and add add some talent there. No, that makes a lot of sense. What do you think, John? No, I'm I'm with Evan on this one. I I think they're they're playing more to their standards, and they're they're not a team that's built to win so um yeah they're, they're still missing some pieces and it's it'll fall in their lap eventually here but it it's not now it's not but torts gets a, every ounce out of his teams so so yeah. i would not be surprised coming out of the break that they can shake some of this stuff off but not with that kind of goaltending so and it's they have to figure something out in net and I don't know if it's not worth it for them to spend any assets to get a different goalie in there. So, well, they like they got Urson, they've got Peterson, which they got in the trade, L.A. That three-way trade that sent Prover off to Columbus. They've got another was it Sandstrom? I think in the in the AHL too. It's just who who do you like? You said who do you? Peterson's the next one up. You're not going to bring up Sandstrom and send Peterson down again unless Peterson is actually that terrible. I, I don't know what his AHL record is or even he played in the AHL, but he played in the games. But Erson's been great up until this last this last little stretch here. So yeah, that's that's the thing. When you when you have a young goalie working in a tandem, it works well because you, you don't feel the pressure as much. Um, you might get the second half of back to backs, you know, these kind of things. Uh so you know, and you're playing weaker opponents, so it's it's good. But now everything just kind of falls onto his lap, and all the drama surrounding Carter Hart and everything 
go along with it. That's a, that's a big ask for a young goalie. And he's a high pedigree goalie. Like he was probably a top 10 goalie prospect heading into the season too. So, so he's, he's got, he's got what it takes to get there someday, but it's just, it's just too much too soon. Um, but like I said, coming out of the break, who knows with a torts team, it's, he, he might get these guys going and, you know, cause they're still in a playoff spot. Well, it's here's up to them, really. Here's the teams they played in their last five: Colorado, Tampa, Red Wings, Boston, and the Senators. So, so, so that's, a, that's a tough. That's a tough run. Yeah, you got three, three legit Cup contenders in there. I still include Tampa as a Cup contender. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and then Detroit. Detroit can score in bunches if your goal is not not on, and so and Ottawa, who knows? But yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah. That's a tough one. What do they got coming forward here out of the break? So, yeah, out of the break, it doesn't get a whole lot easier. <laughs> Florida, Winnipeg, Seattle, Arizona, the Leafs, and then the Stadium Series game. So it doesn't get any easier for them coming out of the break. So we'll see that, see how that shakes out for them. Uh, yeah, team, you know, like like John said, it's the, the they're playing a bit over their head this season, and and that it it event you figured it was going to come down to earth at some point, and they just haven't yet. And so so it's it's almost like you know these things had to transpire for it to happen. And so, well, we'll see, we'll see, but I, I wouldn't put any money on them getting better through the season with just with that goaltending. Yeah, no, I can't see it either. The team going in a different direction is the St. Louis blues. They have now won five in a row. Uh, they beat some decent teams, the Canucks crack in the red wings. Uh, Binnington and, and Hoffer have combined for five wins. Binnington and three, Hofer had two. Uh, 245 GAA, 920 save percentage. Thomas and Buchnevich have been led the way with eight points and seven points. The Blues are now in the second wild card spot. Tied, well, LA will be two points ahead of them now. But when I wrote this, they were tied with points with uh, 54. So mm-hmm. see if the Blues can... Make some magic coming out of the out of the break here and, and keep going. Unfortunately for them, they they fumbled the uh, the very last game from well game from last night, I believe it was. They played Columbus and uh Merzlikens got his first shutout in two years. <laughs> really? Yeah. So oh, yeah. Uh, everyone thought that St. Louis was just gonna walk over him, but it was a one nothing game. Defensive battle. Oh, there you go. Some tarnish to the armor. Yeah, it's too bad. That would have been nice to be sole possession of first wild card heading into the break. But I was just, I'm just looking at the standings here. They they got two games in hands on, on Nashville, who's tied for the points, who's sitting outside the playoffs. One game in hand on Kraken. Um, that's great. That's, that's a nice turnaround for the Blues yeah. uh, after a rough start and and if they got the the right guys going and the goaltending's going all right, I, 
like I, they're, they're not going to jump up into the central division. That's for sure with Dallas, Colorado and, and Winnipeg having such strong seasons, but you know, you get into a wild card spot, anything could happen. Yeah. I don't, I don't see them, them touching either of the top teams, but yeah, stranger things have happened. No, and those wild card spots are, well, you look at them, right? So there is Los Angeles is 56, the Blues, Nashville are 54, Seattle's 52, Arizona and Calgary are, they're only three back, like three, so five. Like it's still the way the ups and downs have been in the West, that those wild card spots are still wide open. Even Minnesota might still have a chance at 47 points. I don't think oh, the Ducks, sure. the Sharks, or Chicago are going to have a hope, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's a lot closer than like let's say the the East, where you know there's a six point gap from wild card to to the the last or the the next team in the standings. So yeah, anything can happen coming out of the West. Uh, I would. I'd say this looks pretty close to what the standings will look like at the end of the season would be my guess. Yeah. Cause you look at the flyers are holding on to third in the Metro, but if they were, and that's the only reason why they're in that spot is because they're in, in, in the, the Metro, Metro division. If, if they'd have been in the Atlantic division, they wouldn't even be in a wild card spot. Yeah. Yeah. True. Because they got Toronto and Detroit at 58 points. They hold the two wild card spots, but they're in the, uh, they're in the Atlantic Division. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh oh, hey, good for the blues and blues fans. They're turning yeah. around. They're and they're getting it from the top of their lineup too. Like you said, uh Bushkevich and and uh and Cairo are having a good good bounce back to rough start of the year. You betcha. Uh we will switch gears now to the Buffalo Sabres. So been a rough season for the Sabres. They uh, did not have. They're not having the season that they had hoped. They, uh, I guess, a bit of a, a step back, as you could say. And they uh, now have lost Jack Quinn again here to injury for another eight weeks. He just had surgery on a lower body injury. He had just came back from off off season Achilles tendon injury. Played seventeen games and now he's on the shelf for another eight weeks. Like yikes! Like. <laughs> Like what's I don't know. What do you do in Buffalo? Just ride the sea. All you can do is basically ride the season out. They're not gonna they're not gonna be making the playoffs. Yeah, that's um another another rough rough go here in Buffalo. Um it's it's tough. Like Tage Thompson's not having even close to this a similar season than he had no. last year. And yeah, and this Quinn injury, he's he's been actually one of their better forwards since he came back from his original Achilles injury. Uh, yeah. So, and it's they, I think they might have lucked out a little bit because it it did look like a fairly gruesome the way his leg kind of like bent back there. Yeah. So, so for him to be out two months is you know he's he saved himself from any sort of major tears in his knee or anything like that, um, but. Yeah, rough go for the, for Quinn, who's who's uh, like I said, he was looking great coming off of yeah. his injury, and so see, so yeah, I don't know what the Buffalo Sabers do. I think they just got to keep riding it out, and then eventually their GM's just gonna have to 
put on his big boy pants and make a big trade. He's gonna have to pack make, some of these. Make a decision back. and yeah. 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 So I think that's what they're waiting for. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right there too. I think they're gonna they'll put something together and they'll see some big names be gone. Moving on from that, I did a I did a little bit of research here the past few days and I put together our uh, for our FHHL fantasy T or league, I put together an all-star lineup. And what I did is I based it on performance at ADP. So took a look at who's uh who's performing the best and where where they were drafted at. So I did a line here. So I did a center, left wing, right wing, two defensemen. And I went with two goaltenders. Reason why I did that is because there was only one point separating the two of them in terms of total points. So it's I had to include both of them. So coming in at center, we have Robert Thomas. So he was uh he is 17th in our fantasy league scoring, and he was drafted in the 18th round of our draft. So he's having quite he did, a year. That's a nice yeah. return. You bet. Coming in at left wing, Philip Forsberg for Nashville. He is 25th in our league scoring, and he was drafted in the ninth round. Following him in the draft was uh, Sam Reinhardt. He is 11th in in our league scoring, and he was also drafted in the ninth round. By me, by the way, just pointing that out. (laughs) Nobody saw the season that he was going to have. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Uh, for a defenseman, Noah Dobson, he is 31st in league scoring, but third amongst defensemen. He was drafted in the 10th round. Again, by me, that's why my fantasy team is doing so well. Because if it wasn't be for these two, I probably wouldn't be anywhere near this where I am in there. Um, although this one was uh, this one was better. Michael Matheson, so Montreal Canadiens defenseman. He is, was 97th in league scoring, ninth amongst defensemen. He was drafted in the 12th round. And then our two goalies here. So I got Connor Ingram and Joey Decord. They are 93 and 95th in league scoring. That's 6th and 7th amongst goalies. Neither of them were drafted. They are both waiver wire pickups. That's a... Uh... That's pretty wild. I wonder how much for next year's drafts, just no one's going to take goalies. Everyone's going to be like, no, no, goalies, just pick them up on waivers and you'll you'll take the crown. Yeah. Just keep an eye on it. I've done that for a couple of years now. Um, last year in our ESPN league that Devin and I are in, I took it to like the extreme. My last three picks were goaltenders. Hmm. And funny enough, I got two lease goalies. Nobody wanted Samsonov and nobody wanted Matt Murray. So I got them both super late huh. and ended up helping me and ended up being a great deal. How many year, how many teams in this league? Uh there's it's a 10 team league. 10 team league. Oh, okay. So it worked out. It worked out quite well. Yeah. Yeah, Samsonov had a great year last year, too. Yeah. Oh, I had said it was gonna if the Leafs are going to make the playoffs, it was going to have to be on the back of Samsonov, and that was uh, pretty much what happened. I said he was going to keep uh, keep Dubas's job, but Dubas didn't want the job, so <laughs> they, they, they canned him and moved on. 
But yeah, I forgot to, when I did this, I was going to put in what uh, their total points were in the, for each of them. I forgot to do that. Unacceptable. I know, right? John, you can do the show notes next week. We'll make sure that doesn't happen again. Right? Oh. <laughs> now you're just being silly. <laughs> what, you don't want to do the show notes next week? No comment? No comment. <laughs> That's a full-time job, show notes. Uh, yes, it is. Uh, uh, here, we'll just uh, do a quick sort here. So in our league right now, so we have, where is, so Sam Reinhardt has 468.6 points, total points in our league. That's 37 goals, 25 assists. Robert Thomas at 429.85 points, 17 goals, 35 assists. Uh, let's see here. Philip Forsberg, 401 points, 23 goals, 27 assists. And then we move into Noah Dobson, 379.95 points, 6 goals, 46 assists. Uh, moving down to where did Mr. Matheson go? He's hiding. He is hiding. Oh, there he is. Uh, he is at 288.95 points, seven goals, 27 assists. Got some nice, uh, he's got some nice peripheral coverage. And then our goaltenders are coming up on the next page here. Or better yet, I'm just going to sort for goaltenders because they're the last two. Uh, so actually, after the uh, Seattle's game here the other day, Decord has actually jumped ahead a bit. He's got 298.5 points. 15, 15 wins. Connor Ingram has 292.5 points. On 17 wins. How many points does uh, Shesterkin have in your guys' league this year? Uh, where is... Devin, cover your ears. 224.5. He is... Oh, boy. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. He is 18th. He is hmm. slightly ahead of uh, Alex Lyon. Uh, That's not huh. very good company. Jordan Bennington has more points than Shesterkin does this year. That's just embarrassing. Want to take a guess who the best goalie is? Stuart Skinner. No, Stewie hasn't made. Oh, he's Stewie is uh, Stewie's eighth. eighth? That's your Demko. Oh, no. 378 oh, yeah. points. Yep. Makes sense. Yep. I wasn't paying attention, Devin. Is that two minutes, two minutes ago, or is that two minutes in two minutes? No, that was like two minutes, 30 seconds ago. <laughs> so, we're, so we're going to break is what you're telling me. <laughs> oh, we got a minute. We got a minute. Uh, Peter Morazic even has more points than Shesterkin does. Wow. Yeesh. Wow. That, that, that tells you a lot right there. That's and Jake Ottinger has... Less points. Sorry, John. Yeah, you really fleeced me on that one. <laughs> hey, but you got Brock Besser, though. 
Yeah, he's okay some of the time. He got 30 goals this year. Yeah, but it seemed like nothing in the last bit, though. Okay, so he might be on a bit of a cold streak. <laughs> well, he got Hattie not too long ago. That's what Another got him one. over the over the 30-point uh, mark. Okay, yeah. fine, but other than that, he was amazing <laughs> at the start of the year, and then you traded him, and then he's not that great. So. And I, well, I took a gamble. I thought Ottinger was going to be, I thought Ottinger was going to have a good season. So I thought, get them together. Cause I, I really didn't think that uh, it would, uh, that getting the Buffalo, I was just hoping the Boston 10, oh, we're going to break. I will talk about it after. And welcome back here to the Hex Hangout at Edmonton Sports Talk. We are just uh, talking about some goalies in our Fantasy Hockey Hacks League. See how they're going. Just looking here, the two goalies you traded to me, John. Olmark has the same amount of points as Shesterkin, and Swayman has about 50 points more. Okay. That, that I don't know. Even Markstrom has more points than uh, Shesterkin. Uh. Was he the highest goalie taken in your guys' draft? Uh, excuse me. Draft results. Who was the first goalie taken? He was, yes. By Chad's legendary team. He took, he went first. The second goalie went off was Ottinger. That was me. Uh, Grant took the Sorokin next. And then John took Vasilevsky at 12th. You don't want to know where Vasilevsky is in that list. <laughs> I really don't. I really You don't. really don't want to know where Vasilevsky is in that list. What were you thinking, John? He was out oh. till he was out for the first six I was, weeks. I was stashing him for playoffs. Interesting. But he wow. still sucks. Well, I think if you're gonna bet on a goalie, like that's the goalie to bet on. So yeah. Yeah. All right. It's just been a bad year for my whole team. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's move. So I think we're, do we want to talk about the All-Star weekend at all? All-Star game? Does anybody want to? 
talk about the All-Star game? I haven't yes. really been paying much attention. The <laughs> skills competition sounds interesting, so that well, they, might get me checking in. But They're actually using skills this year. They That's one thing they did is they really simplified it. They're not shooting pucks off the rafters anymore and bouncing it off the scoreboard and that. It's yeah actual skills this year. Hey, I haven't looked again. I remember hearing that they're going to do the fastest um, wrist shot and backhand too Ooh. to go along with slap shot. That, I heard that, that a while cool. ago. I haven't double-checked recently to make sure that that's actually what's happening. But I thought fastest wrist shot would have been cool. I would have liked to have seen Bedard in that. But oh, yeah, year. that would have been because he. I think he would have been – he's got a great shot out there his release is unreal so not yeah it's all-star weekend and so it's if you got nothing to do on saturday or friday and you tune into they're doing a live draft again to yeah. games so that's cool i like that um and then skills comp will be interesting uh with the million dollar purse and so, so yeah if you got nothing better to do throw it on not something you want to plan your day around no, probably not. I won't. Well, I only had a well, Twitter reminded me it was this weekend. <laughs> Other than doing the show notes for the podcast on Sunday, said, so "Why is there? Oh, it's only six games this week. Yeah, it's right. All Star Weekend. Yeah. That's great. So, John, you want to add anything? No, um, not a whole lot. No. The million dollar purse is nice, just because hopefully you get a little better, a little bit extra out of the out of the skills. Is that for the skills or is that for the team that wins the game, the mini tournament? Oh, maybe I heard that wrong. Oh, no, no, no. So so they have, I think it's 10 players, 10 or 8 players that have been picked. And those guys are the ones doing all the skills. And it's weighted. And whoever does the best in all the skills of the players mm -hmm. wins a million bucks. Oh, nice. Yeah. So yeah, it adds adds some excitement into it for for the guys, and and they picked all the top players to do it. So you'll see like McDavid, McKinnon, McCarr. I think is it. I don't know. I have to should have that list actually. I yeah, wonder I if that means if that means McDavid's going to go back into the fastest skater competition. Well, they do it all. All these guys are doing all the events. Oh, every all the players are doing all the events. Yeah, not all the players, but just the the eight or ten that um that are doing this oh okay. i didn't realize that that yeah that would be that'd be something to see it's a neat idea i think and yeah. didn't didn't they say that they consulted with mcdavid on how to do on how to make this more exciting and he kind of worked with them to come up with this format i did read something about that too yeah because it was getting really gimmicky and it was like Okay, we're shooting pucks off of a freaking golf tee box now. Like, come on, guys. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was getting really silly. Come on, give me the list of players, participation list. Here we go. All right, let's see what we got. So, I guess we could predict who we think will win. Um, 12 players. So, we got McDavid, Dreisaitl, uh, Hughes, uh, Quinn Hughes, um, uh, Elias Patterson, JT Miller, Austin Matthews, William Nylander, David Pasternak, Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr, 
Matthew Barzell and uh, Nikita Kucherov. So the who's who is nice. all going to be doing all the events in the skills comp. So it's uh, who do I? Who do you guys think? Who do you think is going to take it? Oh, I'm going to go with McDavid and Drysaddle. We can only pick one. It's McDavid. McDavid. Drysaddle. Oh, you guys are going Jesus, hey? Uh, I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with uh, Nate Dog, Nathan McKinnon. He's having a great season. Whew. He's been, um, I've always said, in the spring, the conversation, there's always a conversation that shifts. It's like, well, who would you actually really rather have, McKinnon or McDavid? Just because playoffs, McKinnon is just, he's a beast out there. And he's playing all this year like playoff McKinnon. The guy is on a mission. And he hasn't been hurt. And that's another thing, too. He has no, he's had your no injuries. Your mouth, Bruce. So, knock on wood. Quick, Don't knock dare. on wood. Don't you dare. He's healthy, and that's that's the big reason why. Because he usually, past seasons, he's missed a month. Various injuries. He added all up. Yeah, he but plays so hard. That's the thing. Like, um, and I think he, he's he was very similar team. to Austin Matthews in that regard. Well, not necessarily the playing hard part, but they would both miss – you know, a, te- a good 10 games or so yeah. of the season. Yeah. He's one point behind Kucherov for the league lead. Yeah. Those guys just keep going back and forth, like three point night, two point night, five, four. It's uh, it's something that, you know, McDavid can't just can't catch up to him. No, he is currently tied with JT Miller at 67 points. They're in fourth place. But the next jump He's- up is a. Next jump up is uh, five points to Pasternak at 72. And then it's another 12 to get to McKinnon at 84 and Kucherov at 85. So that's a, that's a big hill to climb. Yeah. I don't, I don't think he'll get there. Not with the way those two guys are, are playing this year. No, but how about that? Like the, the shift of the league where, you know, you got two guys pacing for 140 point seasons that aren't, yeah. aren't uh, yeah. Connor McDavid or Liam Dreisaitl. So, I know. Yeah. But I think, like like McDavid said, he'll give up. He'll uh, he'll give up that that trophy to get the Stanley Cup. So, for sure. And then I think this is more of a system thing, and um, protecting yeah. the lead with the Oilers rather than like Woodcroft was like go go go. We're gonna yeah. It was it was a track meet. <laughs> yes. Yes, it was. All right. Let us move into the hot or not section. So we have got quite the group of players in here. Devin's got a nice group here for us. So we'll start with the uh, first player in the hot section. Uh, this is, uh, I wanted to say Prius, but it's not Prius. It's P- Pius Suter. 3% Pius, roster. Pius? Pius? Pius. Uh, I don't know. So 3% in Yahoo, 14% in Fantrax. Suter is quietly having his best offensive season, currently on pace for 42 points, 12 goals, and 18 points to 35 games this year. He's playing top six minutes next to JT Miller, and uh, I both I think it's supposed to be Brock Besser, not Rick Besser, but <laughs> unless he's changed his name recently. Uh, he's also getting some uh, time on the first power play unit. Uh, which probably evaporated now that Lindholm is on the uh, was traded for, but wait and see what happens there. Uh, 
Suter should remain fantasy relevant to the end of the campaign. Six points, four, six points, four goals in his last three games played. 21-36 time on ice. He's getting an 81.4% power point power play share, sorry. And on the 27th of January versus Columbus. That was against Columbus on the 27th. His uh Tevish is 10.2, and he's got uh 20.7-ish. So he might slow down a little, but he'd be what the fourth fourth Vancouver player with a shooting percentage over 20%. I think Miller was over 20%. Besser was over 20%. Ederson was just under 20%. So it's it's career years going on in Vancouver all around. So it's, yeah, ride it while it's going good because there will probably be a regression. <laughs> but um, but yeah, for for Suter, he uh, yeah he's he's having a great season, and um, like you said, it will regress. His ice time will go down a bit with Lindholm coming in, and just depends. I wonder what Tucker wants to do with the lines there because that Lotto line is is lights out, but that doesn't leave much left for the rest of the that middle six there you're, you're looking at hoglander lindholm um Michalik and Suter, uh joshua yeah so yeah, o'granlin um so but um yeah he's hot right now and i i if you picked him up you're probably sitting there with lindholm news and you're like god damn yeah he was I've seen a couple lineup projections here. So they've got Lindholm between Pedersen and Mikheyev, Miller between Besser and Suter, and then you got Joshua Bluger and Garland on the third line, Hoglander, Aman, and Lafferty on the fourth line. And then, yeah, so they've got Suter on the second power play unit because Lindholm took his place on the first power play unit. Hmm. That's, proje- that's some projections that I've seen here. Yeah. Yeah, on that Vancouver top line, um, is, has it been JT Miller playing center? Do you uh, guys know? I believe so. Let me just okay. see if I can. Uh, there used to be an option here where I could click some previous. Uh, it's not going to let me do it. It just shows stats. Yeah, I, I always thought um, Lin, or not Lindholm, um, Elias was playing center on that top line, but if he's playing wing, and I know Lindholm has played a fair amount of wing in his time too, yeah, in his career. So, so they got some versatility going in there with because JT Miller can play the wing as well. So, mm-hmm. so they'll be able to load up top line, spread things out. Be very very nice. Next guy on the list here is JJ Paterka from the uh, Buffalo Sabers right wing. 17% in Yahoo, 57 in Fantrax. We uh, talked quite a bit about Paterka in the podcast and earlier this season, so I stop now. Uh, he's carved out a sol- solid role next to Dylan Cousins and Zach Benson on the second line and is seeing time on the second power play unit. It is worth mentioning Paterka did see a 57% power play share versus the San Jose Sharks on the 27th. Could that be sustainable? 8.6 goals in his last eight games played. I, uh, I picked him up earlier in the season when he was on a bit of a heater when Thompson went down the uh, first time. 
but he's been very solid back there. We uh, think he was one of our uh, breakout candidates here for this season and doing a good job so far. Yeah, he, he's been solid. Um, he's putting himself a uh, nice campaign up here. Yeah, he's been probably their most consistent forward in Buffalo this season. Um, and he's he's a dynasty guy too. He's he's still young. He was only drafted, you know, maybe uh, three four years ago, second round pick. And he he was always because you, you look at Jack Quinn, you know, Zach Benson now, uh, even Peyton Krebs, and he's kind of like risen above all of them so far. So so he's 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 definitely worth grabbing if he's available in your league because he's on a heater right now six goals in eight games and he keeps getting better and better and better so so yeah whether you're in a in a keeper or if it's a one-year league i would um i would take a long look at, at paterka oh definitely yeah he's only 22 like yeah young young did one year in the a did great actually him and quinn both played in rochester together and yeah. then uh yeah, and then and then he came up in his rookie year last year and had a solid solid campaign, and then this year he's he's just keeps keeps progressing. And he doesn't seem to be slowing down, and he's someone will have to take that second line spot from him in Buffalo. Yeah, that's what it looks like. There's lots of talent there, lots, and they got more coming up too. Well, that's why I say they they have to start packaging these players together to to make a splash because they got prospects that will not develop because they've just had so many prospects they've done so well at drafting forwards like usually a tad undersized but skilled you know good skating but um, yeah they need to like turn those into defense and. And find a good partner for um, Rasmus Stalin and Owen Power there. And they're going to have a top pick this year, too. Like a top 10 pick again, by the looks of it. Yeah, which uh, they weren't hoping for, but it just, yeah, just kind of the way it happened. It's Buffalo. This <laughs> is like, <it's> like <laughs> yeah. deja vu, with, especially with Cage falling off. It's like deja yeah. vu when Eichel had his breakout year. And then yeah. it's just just falls apart and it's like how how we were we how many rebuilds are we going to do every time well they shouldn't have to do many more with that group of pick like prospects and stuff they have they shouldn't have to do much more you would think yeah it's wild because they have so many great players at all positions so um if devin levi does not step in next year and have a great season and uh upl likewise um they have to, have to, have to do whatever it takes to get a starting goalie because they can't have another season like this. Yeah. No, they can't. All right. Next guy on the list, Mr. Charlie Coyle, Boston Bruins. So he's rostered 60% in Yahoo, 72% in fan tracks. Sometimes a player just needs more opportunity to flourish offensively, and that appears to be the case with Bruins center Charlie Coyle. 42 points, 18 goals in 49 games. Coils on pace for 70 points this season, centering Brad Marchand and playing on the first power play unit. Should ensure Coil continues to be a fantasy contributor. 12 points, four goals in his last eight games. 
18%-ish. It's not bad. I, I, I like that. That's a nice number. It's well above his career average of 11.2. Uh, Tevish is 10.7, so it's due for a bit of regression, but he's uh, he's fitting nicely there. Yeah, as, as a Bruins fan, I... Um... I love Charlie Coyle. I think he's 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 an upper echelon third line center in this league that can chip in offensively. Um, was great skill, and and you're seeing it this year with almost going a point per game, uh, and you know, get to play with Brad Marchand all season. So yeah, I and and he doesn't seem to be slowing down at least for this year. And some yeah. like you said, his you know 18 percent shooting percentage is a uh, is a tad high. But things are working for him this year. Well, we all thought Boston was going to be screwed, right? When you lose lose your two top centermen and Zaka and Coyle have filled in quite a, quite admirably here for them. Yeah, I think the the moral of the story is just don't sleep on the Bruins <laughs> yeah. before the season starts, and they have this um, the the leadership is passed down through generations and players and it just seems to just they just all just kind of come together and um it doesn't hurt when you got you know david pasternak stirring the drink there and you got that goalie tandem which i'm sure you're loving bruce by the sounds of it much yeah you picked up the goalie tandem from john um so so yeah yeah bruins bruins keep rolling and charlie coyle having having the best offensive year his career Johnny, anything to add? Yeah, basically just what Evan said. Don't sleep on the Bruins. Um, you could write them off at the start of the year, but that's never going to be that way. So next uh, year we'll have to just talk them up through the whole off season, and then they'll just collapse. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. But yeah, no, Charlie Coyle's having himself quite the year. Um, he hasn't put up numbers like, well, he hasn't put up numbers like this in his career, but even back to his... Uh, Better days in Minnesota, um, or to his best season there in Minnesota, he he still wasn't producing anything like this. So, no, that's really good on him. Um, it's definitely definitely playing hot right now. No, that's good. Next guy on the list here isn't a guy that we wouldn't necessarily suspect for offense. That's Mr. Anthony Cirelli of the Tampa Bay Lightning. 3% rostered in Yahoo, 21% in fan tracks. Surly's never been known for his offense, but has been rolling lately with eight points, two goals over the last six contests. He doesn't see much power play time, but has a significant top six role, five on five. And uh, the Lightning will need him for, uh, they're going to make the playoffs again, right, John? Uh, Yeah, he, he started the year off pretty slowly, but the, the last uh, few games, he's been, he's been playing really well, uh, getting some of that confidence here and, no, it's uh, it's good on him. Um, like I say, at the start of the year, he he wasn't doing good at all, and now to see this, it's uh, definitely a welcome sight. He's got flanked by Brandon Hagel and Nick Paul, so he's got a couple of good wingers there too. Yes, a solid veteran um, wingers, and and Sorelli, like he, he's he's paid to be a two way guy. He's helped them win two cups as a two-way guy. He'll chip in. I wouldn't bank on him putting up a ton of points in the long term, but 
he's 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 a bit of a streaky player when it comes to that offensively. So so yeah, he might be worth hanging on for the duration here because the Lightning are you know they're gunning for for the playoffs and and he's he's a big game player. So so he'll he'll step it up when the time comes here. No, most definitely. All right, we've got one guy left on the hot list, and uh, that is a uh, hey, look, it's an Edmonton other goaltender, Calvin Pickard. He's rostered seven percent in Yahoo, nine percent in Fantrax. Uh, relevant probably only in the deepest of leagues. Pickard is proving to be a competent backup to Mr. Skinner and an option to spot start when he gets the nod between the pipes. 4-0 in his last four appearances with a 1.74 goals against and a 931 save percentage, along with one shutout. The defensive system that Chris Knobloch has implemented appears to be sustainable. Definitely, right? Like when you're uh, when you got your backup that can go in for spot starts and do what uh, Pickard has done since he's called up, you can't really you can't really ask much more out of your backup to do that. Yeah, you're getting those kind of numbers. He was he was going to be your AHL goalie this year, so that's yeah. um, so that's that like yeah, that's a good point, Bruce. That all of those statistics there are a testament to the Oilers system and them playing a team game. Because you look at uh, Skinner broke uh, Fuhr's record, I think, for it wins in wins in a row, winning streak. Yeah. Like they're. They're doing all. They're doing all. all they're doing it right. He's, hopefully, they can continue that. All right, let's go to the cold list. And man, this is a this is some cold list. I think this guy was on the list last week too, and he just uh, <laughs> yikes. All right, yeah, he, he just can't get himself off this list here. No, Mr. Johnny Taveras rostered ninety six percent in Yahoo, ninety four in Bantrax. At 33 years old, age-related decline appears to be creeping up on the Toronto Maple Leafs captain. He's on pace for just 61 points. That would represent his lowest offensive output since his rookie season in two, excuse me, 2009-2010. Just one goal and a minus six rating over the last 10 games played. Yikes. That's brutal. That's brutal. Not bad for $11 million. Yeah, that's the hard part. Is the eleven million? I'm surprised he's only thirty three. He, he he feels and like looks older than that. Um, I, I I I get it. That's fifteen years since he's been drafted. Man, time flies. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's not not a great season. But you know what? He's coming off of. I'm making excuses for him. I'm not even a Leafs guy, but he scored the biggest goal in Leafs history recently last year to eliminate Tampa to get out of that first round. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't know what to make of these numbers here. I guess Matthews is making up for it. Nylander. And it's, it's gotta be, like you said, an age related decline, but he's not that old really. Like, 33, you are going to see a bit of a decline. I guess he was a point-per-game player down to 65 or so. Yeah. yeah. I just don't pay much attention to him. <laughs> it's not like Crosby, who's well past a point per game, and he's 36. Pavelski, like you look at some of these guys that are, are older and they're still producing at a torrid pace. 
Yeah, but Crosby's yep. still. What's that? Crosby's still top guy in the league almost. Uh, well, you could All definitely around. argue that, yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because it's like I, I almost like envision Crosby as being the younger player. Um, maybe it's just because of his playing style or just how they've kind of morphed into Tavares being more of that, you know, middle six center, uh, a little bit more on the defensive side of things for them. But um, well, there was talk of him moving to the wing. But they just don't have the center depth to do it. One more year. One more year at that 11 mil. And then yeah. – then Leafs fans can finally. Then they'll have their fourth line center for a million dollars. Yeah. That's probably where he'll end up. <laughs> uh, next guy on the list here, we uh, briefly touched on his team earlier. Tage Thompson, 98% Yahoo, 98% in fan tracks. Tage Thompson is currently on pace for just 59 points. That's a far cry from the. Uh, 94 points, 99 point pace, and 47 goals he scored last season. Thompson's shooting percentage is below 11% for the first time in three seasons, and his Tevish is just 7.9%. Things should improve for the 26 year old who just managed one assist here in the last seven games. I have to wonder if he's still not somewhat, if he's still injured. Um, maybe. Or- uh, yeah, I don't I don't know why things should improve for him. Like he's having a bad year. And uh you would hope things would improve for Tage. But it's it, it it's been a big drop here. And it's funny because last year was his first year that big contract, I think, right? It's not this yeah. year. Yeah. No, it was last year. It was last year. Okay. So yeah, so he lived up to it. Um it wasn't even that big. It turned out to be a pretty good deal. And so, so yeah, there's just something going on in Buffalo. I think this just there's 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 just this lack of chemistry or cohesion or something going on there where where guys just aren't taking that next step or even regressing a little bit. Well, it's injuries too, right? They just can't seem to stay healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's rough. Um, I would you know, ever if you have Tage Thompson, you got to hold him though. At this point, definitely in fantasy hockey. Yeah, you, yeah. You have no, to definitely. You have to hold out that he is going to bounce back to some degree, and um, unless you're in a keeper and you flip him and you try to trade him, so. yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely. All right, next guy on the list is. Mr. Boone Jenner, Columbus Blue Jackets. So Jenner was starting to cool off prior to his injury in December, but now has not registered a single point over nine games and is just on pace for 42 points. Oh, it's that Columbus team. I don't know if you're going to get any points. Yeah, no, I it's, think that's just it. The team. Other than the Russian kids, they seem to be the only ones that are scoring. Yeah. And uh, actually, Adam Fantilli, out eight weeks now. Yes, after taking a, a skate cut on his leg. Yep. Must have been a gnarly cut to be out two months. Or yeah, must have got a tendon or something. Yeah, some guy's calf muscle. Something. Hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. Columbus, um, like Buffalo, just something funky going on there. Well, we we know there's like there's a systemic issue with the Columbus Blue Jackets at this point with that report coming out that uh, that players aren't wanting to play. 
in Columbus. And so it's, and it's a lot of, to do with the management. And yeah. It goes along with that. Yeah. It's kept the line and, and well, it started with bat. So yeah, Babcock, they got Babcock out. They brought Pascal in and it just, yeah, it's, it's been funky this whole season. It's like, you just want to flush it and start over again. Like, but Merzlikens wants out. Uh, he had a defenseman here that wants out now too, because he's not getting playing time and Lionies in the player assistance program. What a mess. Goudreau, has he even been playing? I haven't heard his name mentioned in a long time. Is he still playing? Oh, I, I think he's probably have outside of his maybe his rookie year, he's having one of the worst seasons of his career this year. Like it's the it's the three Russian kids that are does it Chinikov, Marchenko, and what was the third one? Those guys seem to be having the best having the best time out of all this. Yeah, mm-hmm. Goudreau is 32 points in 50 games, minus 20. Yeeks. Yeah. So that'd be close to his yeah. 60 points or so. Um, for for Boone Jenner, though, uh, he was kind of gifted first-line minutes at the start of the year, and yeah. things were going okay-ish, and he was, he was actually producing quite well. Um, he that's not where he should be slotting in on a good hockey team though. So, so players yeah. like that will regress as the season goes on, uh, especially if they have a hot start. So he's, he's better suited to be a, a, a second line center on an okay hockey team, a third line center on a good hockey team, in my opinion. Yeah. So yeah, that sounds about right. Veronikov, that was the other one. was the other one so yeah he's yeah he's playing well he's well above his level or where he should be <laughs> oh we blew past the sign off for est so uh oops so oh we're we're still live on the youtube channel so we got a couple got a couple players left to do so we'll we'll uh we'll polish those off and we'll call her a night uh the next one here oilers fans will be uh familiar with mr evan bouchard He's having a great season. He's currently on pace for 78 points and 20 goals. However, over his last five games, Bouchard just has one assist and no power play points to show for its effort. Given his line mates and deployment, though, there probably isn't much to worry about for the rest of the season. But uh, yeah, he's got finally seeing his first slump of the slump of the season. I still don't like the guy. (laughs) I don't care what any of you guys say. Just don't like him. eh? I'm not on the bandwagon. Nope. Are you you're, you're are you an Oilers fan? Oh yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I've always just hated Bouchard for some reason. I don't know why. Huh. That's interesting because uh, he's your best offensive D man by a mile. He's got a bomb. Um, yeah, but yeah, he, he'll bounce back for sure. He's 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 got too much opportunity. Like no one's going to be taking those minutes from him, and. Uh, and hey, the nice thing is, you guys won all five of those games. So, has has your power play dried up over the last little while? I don't think so. Off the top of your head, it hasn't dried up, but it hasn't been. It hasn't been those. clicking like it did last year. Well, I don't think you're yeah. ever going to repeat last year. Yeah, and that's that's fine. You want to find a a good medium because you can't rely on that in the playoffs. But um, my. 
Yeah, one assist in five games. He's is he in the All Star game or no? No, just no? dry sidled and McDavid didn't. He didn't even get Hyman in. Hmm. That's all right. Uh, that break for a guy like Hyman would be nice. So Edmonton's power play is fourth in the league at twenty seven percent. They're behind the Ran- Rangers. Okay. Carolina Hurricanes have the second best. Tampa's got the best power play in the league. Yeah, you want to be. You want your differential to be in the top ten. Your power play and penalty kill. If those two combined can be top ten, then then things are looking good come playoff time. Oilers penalty kill is fifth in the league. Oh well, hey, there you go. Hurricanes are fourth. The Flames are the third. Philadelphia is the second. And the Kings are are the first. They have the best penalty kill in the league, but they can't win a game to save their lives. <laughs> Strange. Huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the last guy on the list, well, we, uh, we talked about him uh, a little bit earlier here when we were talking about the Flyers, and that's uh, Mr. Samuel Erson from the Philadelphia Flyers. So he hadn't given up more than three goals in a game since October 28th. But over his last four games, he has given up four goals on three separate occasions. Winless in his last five appearances and sporting a cool 4.49 goals against average. Gee, I think I was playing that. And an 826-826 save percentage. It may be time to find another goaltender to stream for the time being. Yeah, no kidding, right? In that schedule we talked about coming out of the break, I may have to find a new goalie to stream in my ESPN team. Yeah, I would not be starting Arson in any game soon here. But yeah, I, I said my piece on on the goalies, and he's just he's it's too much too soon for the kid. Yeah. And at this point, it's kind of like um, in Buffalo with Devin Levi, how they finally succumb, finally succumb to sending to Rochester, and I hope he stays there the whole year. And this yeah. is just. If it's not working at the NHL level, you can you can damage these goalies, and yeah. so so they they need to be you know you you don't want to coddle them, but you know of any players in the NHL that you need to coddle is a young goalie, and yeah. and make sure that they're not because it just can just start snowballing and yeah. and this break is perfect timing for Philly because they haven't fallen out of the playoff spot. And they get a chance to regroup. And, you know, they were probably a bit shell-shocked with what happened to Carter Hart, too. Um, yep. Just cutting up, coming after the cutter Gauthier. And it's like, what is going on? It's just like bad news after bad news. So, so Tortzel, get the most out of those guys the rest of the way. And, yeah, if you have Samuel Erison, um, put him on your bench. That's yeah. where I got him sitting right now. Yeah, he's on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> that was the uh, that was the last guy on the list, here, guys. So, I see you had another any other player you want to talk about tonight, or we're, we're into we're into overtime. Yeah, OT. Um, OT. Yeah, no one, no one I can think of off the top of my head. On. Johnny, you got anything, Dad? I got nothing. You got nothing. All right, I got nothing. We'll, and we will call it a show. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to catch our podcast that we put out here 
Well, we record it on Sunday. It goes up Monday morning with our uh, schedule, waiver wire picks. And don't want to miss John's list. John, you going to be there on Sunday for the list? Oh, sorry. I got to look at flights to see when I got to pick some people <laughs> up at the airport when I come back. So um, <laughs> I got to see when those are. Uh, it might be interesting. Might have to put the list in early. I'm pretty sure it's Sunday night, so I've uh, <laughs> I got to check that out. All right. But yeah, I'll I'll find a name for the list for you. All right, boys. Let's call her an evening. Hey, so there's so one good game coming up for um for college hockey. So the Bean Pot is getting started here right away. You got Boston College against Boston University Monday night. So if you're interested in watching Macklin Celebrini, a lot of good prospects, mm. both sides. Um, yeah, that'll be a great hockey game. And Bean Pot is a riot to watch. So. There you go. Heads up for everyone there. All right. Check it out. All right. Everyone have a good evening. All right. Good night, everybody.